Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You know, lots of woke people who used to watch this show, I know, who don't anymore, because, like, I will present, but I've always, I always did that. It's just that the left went crazier, so I have to do it more. <laughs> And I, I would I would wish they would come back, but not at the price of not calling out both sides. That's interesting. That's Bill Maher from his HBO show Friday night. And there are many topics that he's talked about over the last year or two where he doesn't take the woke version of progressivism. Um, he takes kind of the I'm an older liberal since he's 70 years old, I think. Is he that old? Uh, Very spry for his age. Alex, can you come up with an age on Bill Maher? He's I'm a, saying he's 61. Oh, he's older than that. Pot 66. Sm- uh, pot, smoking, pot smoking vegetarian. Keeps you, keeps you young. Apparently. Anyway, he had a conversation with uh, Chris Wallace of uh, Fox News fame. Uh, he's now at six, uh, CNN doing a Sunday night show that's not getting much viewership, as I understand it. But <laughs> no, it'll take a while no, to catch not. on. Of course, very little on cable news gets much viewership, really. It's true. Its uh, influence certainly is uh, greater than its audience. Um, uh, why don't we just go ahead, uh, their their conversation about the current state of media, news media specifically. Uh, go ahead, Michael, with four, was it? We were going to play first. You've got conservative media, and they have built up an audience, and they only want to watch conservative media and what it is that you know supports their 
conception, their view of the world, and liberal media, and liberals want to watch that. Distressingly few people just want to get the news and make up decisions for themselves as to what they think the truth is. That's a very small sliver of the country, I think, who even wants news. I mean, when I talk to people under 40, even, and I ask them, where do you get your news? Most of what they say is like, well, what somebody posts on my Facebook page. In other words, it's gossip. Like, that's to me what gossip is. Your friend is passing around a story. They don't know if it's true. They don't care. But, I mean, Walter Cronkite got 29 million viewers. <laughs> that's, I mean, nothing, no TV show gets even a third of that. Even the biggest hits, I don't think, anymore. In prime time. This was the news. The world has changed. And, you know, you don't get your news at 6.30 at night. You're getting it all day. And you can get it on your phone or, as you say, Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or whatever. The world has, has definitely changed and, and not for the better in terms of the desire to get the straight facts and to have your preconceptions be challenged by what reality is. People don't want and reality. They want their view. That's interesting. I don't. Maybe it's the business I'm in or my particular personality. I would find that fairly boring to be fed things that uh, I agree with or, or 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 leave out the things I don't all day long. But apparently that's not what most people want. Most of you. Uh, yeah, I guess not. I guess not. Uh, certainly talk radio is rampant with that sort of thinking. I just I'm always so embarrassed when I get something wrong. That I like to walk around yeah. and look at both sides of it. Yeah, I even even if nobody knows but me, I hate it when I'm wrong about a story because I I heard something that was inaccurate. I, I wonder if we should stop using the term news because it's just a different thing now. Yeah, tribal news attainment. <laughs> I don't I don't know what to call it. Uh, let's see what those two sages uh, have to say. Go on. And this really all came about because news used to be a, a lost leader for a company. It wasn't Cronkite's day. Um, Absolutely. I mean, with the, the giants of television back in the day, and that, by that point, I mean the, the owners, Bill Paley at CBS, Sarnoff at NBC, they viewed news as a public service and that, you know, it didn't have to make money. When 60 Minutes went on the air in 68, and then as it became more and more successful, it ended up being the number one show in America for a number of years, it made money. And suddenly the, the, the executives and television said, you can, you can make money with news. And I think that led to the idea of not having an audience come to you, but chasing an audience. And that led, I think, to more biased news coverage. And that's the problem, because the media works backwards now. They work backwards from uh, what does our dem- target demographic Wanna, how does they want them to filter us, filter this news for us, so that we're only hearing what doesn't upset us? Yeah, a great example of that today when I first flipped on uh, MSNBC and Morning Joe. The biggest story overnight, by far, on planet Earth, the most impactful story was Russia raining missiles down on Ukraine. Biggest attack on Ukraine since the war started. Clearly the number one story. But on MSNBC, they know what their core audience is for, and so uh, Mika Brzezinski had to say, major developments overnight in the Trump Mar-a-Lago documents, blah, 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 scandal. We'll get to those coming up later, but first, let's check in on Ukraine. She had to throw that out there as her first words for the people who that's what they want when they turn that on. Wow. 
You know, I, I feel pretty even-handed in my views of Trump. Uh, the Mar-a-Lago thing, just wake me when it's, when something happens. Wow, wow. You know, uh, for younger listeners especially, I can actually feel you. I can sense you. Our psychic connection is strong. And I could see you in my mind furrowing your brow as they were talking about some of the great uh, news-like uh, heads of department of the past. The names don't matter, but what you heard was correct. The major broadcast corporations, there's their news divisions lost money, but they they kept them going, and in fact, they served them richly with resources and budget and the rest of it because they thought it was the right thing to do for the country. Well, Doesn't that was, seem quaint? As Chris Wall said, a public service. Right. Right. And then there's just no denying, and I'm not going to be, uh, oh, the good old days, the good golden era, everything was perfect in 1968, because that's an idiotic thing to claim. But some things have changed. News was better. For the worse. Well, and I was just leading up to this story. Here's this high school football coach. He's been coaching Massachusetts for a couple of generations. I guess, well, a generation anyway, about 20 years. He just quit his job because there's so much abusive and obscene uh, screaming from parents on the sidelines, including like they lost a game and they were huddling up in the field to talk about what they could learn from it and stuff. And parents were lining the fences like yelling obscenities and you suck, you should be fired or, you know, kill yourself or whatever. He said, that's it. And this is a Catholic high school, by the way. Um, and he said, that's it. Not doing this anymore. He just quit. Un- Thinkable. So you're not very long ago. Your point is everything wasn't perfect in the olden times, because of course that would be a stupid point of view. But right. there are certain things that were better. Oh yeah, the relationship yeah. between youth sports or teachers and students and parents was way better when I was a kid than it is now. News was better when I was a kid than it is now. It just was. I don't yeah. watch the news. And I think this has something to do with uh, the government governs best, which governs least, and, and all sorts of other founding fathery quotes, and Hayek, and, and, Tom, and, and uh, Milton Friedman. Tom, not Thomas Friedman. Very different guy than Milton Friedman. Uh, but Milton back, Burrell's a different person also. Entirely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, just to pick a, a particular point in time, I threw out 1968 intentionally because it was a very, very volatile time, but... Um, the idea of individual rights, as opposed to government regulation, government overreach, the government telling you what to do and what not to do at every single step of the way, the individual was much more empowered then, and yet was much more honorable, sensitive, responsible about not being offensive to their community, to being a good neighbor a good member of the community, good church member, whatever. So while the individual was supreme back in the day, everybody was much more respectful of each other. What does that say? Uh. I'd have to noodle it through and appeal to uh, sages and, and scholars and that sort of thing, but I think those two things are related. You don't have to self-govern if you're governed every second. Is it something like that? Might be. The, the the news question in particular that uh, Bill Maher and Chris Wallace were discussing, I don't see where that goes. I, 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 I Things don't stay the same. Uh, it'll change. But 
I could see that staying bad for a very long time. Yeah. And at the fringes, it's very, very bad. I mean, as bad as MSNBC is, they, with the exception of like the Joy Reid garbage that they air and stuff like that, but like Morning Joe, it's wildly biased and partisan, but it's not like making up stuff just completely and pitching it. Now, they'll certainly trumpet a Washington Post story citing one anonymous source that turns out not to be accurate. That happens all the time. But I'm just thinking out at the fringes, they will just invent such and such just said this, and that person never said it. So, but do you think it's going to get worse? We still got further to go? Yeah. It seems like we're still on the pendulum swinging toward bad part of this uh, trajectory. Yeah, and what really bothers me about it is um, it's easy for all of us Unless we have the sort of life where we really mix with a lot of different sorts of people, and some of you do, and I kind of admire it, uh, it's often through your job you have to. Um, but among the sorts of people who don't spend any of their time thinking about this sort of thing, it'll be a very, very, very long time until those masses of people become aware, hey, I'm being ill-served by the very things that have got me all excited and angry. Well, I'm, I'm not I'm not being given something good. I'm being fed poison. Well, yeah, I suppose if you think about it logically, the average person would have to come to believe my life will be better if I start seeking out different news sources than the ones I'm using. Man, I don't know what gets somebody there. Oops, my phone is ringing. Sorry about Please that. Please silence your devices, everyone. Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh I sent out a bike wreck yesterday, and he's claiming he can't go to school today because his ankle hurts, though he was engaging in a fair number of physical activities later in the day yesterday. So uh, Maybe it's acting up on him a little bit. Could be. How about you go to school, and I tell him you, you'll sit out gym class. How about that? There you go. That's some real <laughs> diplomacy. <laughs> anyway, you'd, you'd have to, people will have to feel like my life would be significantly better or is being damaged by the new sources I'm taking in, so I'm going to change the way I do it. Ah, we're we're a long way from that. Speaking of the woke crowd, the University of Minnesota has just put out a statement you're going to think is fiction. You're not going to believe it's true. Holy crap. Yeah, we have not reached the end of the pendulum yet. Okay, a lot of good stuff on the way. Stay here. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. If you're into the Russia-Ukraine story, you probably know this, but Ukraine major attack on a bridge that linked Russia to Crimea over the weekend. Russia with a major response overnight. The biggest raining down of missiles since the war began. We'll have more on all that coming up next segment. Also, PayPal over the weekend made a bizarre announcement and troubling and then retracted it and We'll get into that story in a related uh, couple oh. of statements by Anthony Blinken, the Secretary of State. PayPal retracted that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They said, oh, that wasn't supposed to come out. That was a mistake. Uh, nothing to see here. Interesting. So, again, we'll, we'll hit that. Chris Rufo is one of the leading lights uh, online, certainly, with exposing some of the critical theory in sickness and craziness in our schools, from elementary schools to colleges. <clears throat> and he unleashed a Twitter thread uh, that caught my eye the other day. Medical students at the University of Minnesota must now take an oath to, quote, honor all indigenous ways of healing. 
that have been historically marginalized by Western medicine and fight white supremacy, colonialism, and the gender binary. So, Minnesota, University of Minnesota medical students are now all signing this bizarre pledge that has something to do with native people. That That's fine. But then their oath is, we commit to uprooting the legacy and perpetuation of structural violence deeply embedded within the healthcare system. We recognize inequities built by past and present traumas rooted in white supremacy, colonialism, the gender binary, the idea that there are men and women. Okay, ableism and all forms of oppression. As we enter this profession with opportunity for growth, we commit to promoting a culture of anti-racism, listening and amplifying voices for positive change. So they're down with the whole equity thing. I'm a medical student. Yeah. What what am I doing exactly? What am I supposed to be doing? We pledge to honor all indigenous ways of healing that have been historically marginalized by Western medicine, et cetera, et cetera. And they, there's quite a bit more gobbledygook. So th- that part, is, uh, I'm, I was confused by this because I saw this over the weekend, whether it was just a gesture or if it, if it actually meant anything materially. Be, 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 so if I go in there and I, I, I broke my ankle. That's probably a bad idea. I go in there, I get I get diagnosed with cancer. You're obligated to explain to me some of the Native American remedies they'd have had for this sort of thing, or do have for this sort of thing, in addition to chemotherapy? Difficult to know how it's going to be going forward. Uh, but the fact that they threw in the whole stew of critical theory garbage right. is really interesting. Yeah, That yeah. indicates a level of indoctrination. Um, and then Rufo points out, here's the program from the University of Minnesota's White Coat Ceremony for the incoming class. You'll notice that the closing speech is from the Vice Dean for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, Anna Nunez, who specializes in gender medicine. And he points uh, that, out... That's a term I have not heard, gender medicine. Yeah, yeah. Um, Well, he kind of gets into it in the next tweet. It's past time for reasonable doctors to stand up and denounce this poison. Western medical science and shamanic healing are not equally valid cancer treatments. And gender medicine that results in mastectomies for girls and penectomies for boys is a barbaric violation of ethics. So gender medicine is the whole uh, turning a little girl into a little boy because she briefly has a flirtation with it. And then this is my favorite part. What's the euphemistic term that they use for that? Gender affirmation treatments. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, The irony that these DEI champions who imagine themselves the vanguard of global diversity are the most parochial people imaginable, meaning narrow in their views. I've traveled in Africa, Asian, Latin America, and they aren't clamoring for indigenous ways of healing. They want antibiotics and CAT scan machines. Interesting. When I was in my early 20s, I made a PBS documentary in Mongolia, rode horseback for three days, and spent time with a traditional shaman. It's a beautiful mode of expression, but if I had cancer, I'd rather go to the Mayo Clinic. In the third world, they're not clamoring for indigenous ways of healing. They want antibiotics and CT machines. Kanye's friends feel like he's having an episode. Maybe we'll He's hit on that clearly story. Clearly, having an episode. Uh, yeah, it was quite a weekend for him. Uh, quite a weekend for the whole Russia-Ukraine war. Putin easily had the worst week of his life last week. I don't, I don't think that's any disputing that. We'll bring you up to speed on that whole story. If you miss an hour, grab the podcast Armstrong and Getty on demand. Armstrong and Getty. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The way out of the conflict. The way out of the conflict. The way out of the conflict is to Russia to leave Ukraine. That's the way out of the conflict. Thank you. <laughs> Then she took some cocaine and twerked. That's the... Oh, whoa, whoa! Wow, out of bounds. That's the super hot Finnish prime minister. You'll remember seeing her dance in a video a couple of weeks ago. But anyway, uh, in all seriousness, she was asked about what is the uh, the off-ramp for Russia. How could you end the war in Ukraine? And her, her reply was, Russia needs to get out of Ukraine. That's what would end the war, which I like as a response. Yeah. Uh, that's great. Here's a report from Face the Nation on where things stand. 
east in the Donbass region, where we traveled to the liberated city of Lehman. On the way, we spoke with Colonel Serhii Cherevati, who took part in the battle. Which weapons were important in this fight? Artillery was very important, he said. American weapons and, of course, the HIMARS. The high-mobility artillery rocket systems that can strike targets deep behind enemy lines. But every inch of ground retaken in the very territory President Putin has illegally annexed risks retaliation and deepens the specter of a nuclear response. Yeah, so that's something. Um, every thinker that I know and like has said Putin is done for in terms of your traditional military battle. There's no, there's no turning this around at this time. Ukraine is getting better armed and supplied. Russia's going the opposite direction, obviously. All their fighting age men are fleeing the country, etc., etc. So as to whether or not there's going to be a nuclear war, Ian Bremmer, who I follow his Twitter pretty closely, partially because he just has such contacts, great contacts in so many different areas to get information, he, he doesn't think nuclear war is likely anytime soon, but he said what's really rising is the probability of asymmetric Russian attacks against NATO, cyber fiber, energy, and other critical infrastructure. A nuclear attack is at minimum the end of Putin's military capabilities of Ukraine at last resort. While NATO doesn't have a good response to the former. So if he launches some sort of battlefield nuke or nuke of any kind, you know, the response would be overwhelming and he'd be done for. Who knows where that would lead. But if he attacks NATO countries with cyber attacks and that sort of stuff, how does the world respond? It gets a little squishy then, I suppose. Yeah, my goodness, electrical grids and computer systems, etc. <clears throat> and I find myself wondering once again: Is China's on the verge of granting Xi Jinping historic powers? I think it's fait accompli. I think it's going to happen. But um, what is China saying to Putin? The last thing they want is some sort of severe economic shock. I mean, the market uh, has been crappy lately because all the uncertainty and the war, not to mention the, the interest rates and the rest of it. Buy but, the mean, dip. Buy the dip. Well, go ahead if you want. Um, but if there was like a major crash, that would damage China awfully. And and Putin going crazy could absolutely cause that. So what are they saying to him, I wonder? Well, to bring you up to speed on what's happening, well, you haven't even mentioned the the bridge attack. You know, you make the assumption that you're all following the news like we, we did. Maybe you didn't. There's a major event. Ukraine, everybody believes it was Ukraine, blew up a good portion of this big bridge that goes between Russia and Crimea. This was their main supply bridge for Crimea, which they took back in 2014 and for getting troops and trucks and everything else into Ukraine for the battle. And the Ukrainians attacked the bridge. And I didn't know this till I spent some time reading about it over the weekend, but Russia had made a big deal fairly recently on the Russian news about how well protected that bridge was that they had it with their best fighter pilots and their best submarines and frogmen underwater to to stop any sort of attack underwater and super high-tech infrared this and that on both ends of the bridge so a truck bomb couldn't get through. They had 20 different ways. I saw the map they laid out in the Russian news. 20 different ways to stop a terrorist attack on that bridge, and yet it blew up over the weekend. Wow. So it's pretty damaging to their, their look if not the actual getting trains and trucks across the bridge. Russia has responded overnight. Here's a little report on that. 
Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky responding to those explosions this morning, confirming they are Russian missile strikes. He says there are dead and wounded, and he went on to say to his people that are taking shelter to continue taking shelter. And then he said that Russia is trying to, quote, wipe us off the face of the earth. And here's another view of what it's like there on the ground as missiles rained down across Ukraine. Vladimir Putin holding his National Security Council meeting, directly tying the attack in Crimea to the response here, but significantly warning that more could come if Ukraine continues to attack. No indication that Ukraine will stop. I think everyone is bracing to see how this escalates, what happens next. Yeah, can you imagine living like that? Man, we are so lucky in the United States that it's just not even a a thought that a missile is going to rain down on my city today. I know. I have to remind myself occasionally this is real. These are real people. They have hopes and dreams. This is not theoretical. It's not a TV show. This is horrible. Yeah, it's a little hard sometimes to wrap your head around the fact that this is happening. This is the sort of stuff I've been uh, reading about with great interest my whole adult life, being so into the various major wars throughout history. And now watching one play out is just like, whoa, still can happen, apparently. Yeah. Yep. Where this goes on our shores is also an interesting question. Got this email from uh, the always interesting Mike. Uh, What's going on with Twitter? Over the weekend, it seems like the vast majority of people are all of a sudden pro-Putin and calling Ukraine a bunch of Nazis. thought everyone had dismissed Putin's claims about the whole Nazi thing. Are, Are these all Russian bot accounts? They seem to be pretending they're American conservatives that are claiming that Biden is funding the Nazis against Russia to defeat Trump and Putin. And real Democrats are taking the bait and arguing that these people in favor of Ukraine and arguing against these people in favor of Ukraine and Biden. My mind was spinning that Democrats are taking the side of imaginary Nazis in order to defend Biden and support Ukraine, even if nukes come into play. Conservative Twitter accounts are now anti-Nazi but pro-Russia to support Trump and defeat Biden. The tribes have no idea what they're even supporting at this point, and I don't care. Twitter's dumb. I think I'll leave it again and just listen to music until World War III. And as a reasonable conclusion, Mike, and well said. Is there a coming split in our national support for Ukraine where a good chunk of the country says, nah, I'm not, we're not doing that anymore? I don't know. Uh, the, the polling, especially among the Republican Party, is it's, it's practically 50-50 on whether or not we should be as involved as we are in defending Ukraine. And uh, I, maybe I should broaden my sources because I'm like not well-versed in this argument about Putin standing up for Christendom and all that sort of stuff? Yeah. Being an argument? Yeah, I mean, there are a couple of things. Number one, he is standing bravely against the encroachment of the decadent West with our 39 genders or 73 and our, uh, you know, what's the what's the new euphemism they're trying to get for pedophiles? Um, Groomers? No, youth uh, oriented. Oh, that 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 end of it. Yeah, right. yeah. That I can't. It'll pop into my head. But um, just all that the perversion of the West, and that's why the the Russian Orthodox the Orthodox Church has obscenely joined forces with them and the rest of it. So you got that crowd, the kind of quasi fascist right that believes the threat from the pervs and the critical theory people is so serious. We need to take the reins of the government by force if necessary. But how does that support Putin? I mean, even even if you think that the CRT and everything in the schools is 
I think it's a big threat, but, he, but but how do you think it's a threat? It helps. What? I'm, I still don't Putin, connect the dots. Putin is standing up against all that stuff, trying to keep Western decadence out of Russia. By raping and, old women and murdering children and torturing people? Well, I think they would say half that stuff isn't true, and uh, it's war, and it's ugly. All right. But it's necessary. Yeah. And then you've got the crew, like uh, your Steve Bannon types and all, that want the liberal moderate democracy thing to fail because then they can install the new vision that they have of how to run a government and but if this ukraine thing gets resolved more or less eventually that'll be a victory for the international rules-based order that everybody talks about so they're rooting against it interesting do do you see this becoming a fissure if the republicans take back the house already is I just don't know how well manned each side is, how big each side is, because as we've mentioned many times, speaking of the Twitter machine, very few people generate most of the noise on Twitter. Sure. And the more extreme and angry they are, the more noise they make. So it's difficult to figure out, you know, what's well, what. The polling is currently damn near 50-50 in the Republican Party as to whether or not we should be supporting Ukraine. Well, and on that topic, a couple of things happened or were said in the last few days, including pay, including PayPal making a bizarre announcement, then retracting it. And Anthony Blinken, in a speech, said something that very few people noted, but Matt Taibbi is writing about, essentially joining with uh, his Canadian uh, counterpart to announce that uh, various sorts of dissent are going to be cracked down on severely. It was a remarkably un-American speech. Um, one other thing popped into my head. We were talking about the Republicans bailing on uh, Ukraine, whether or not that happens. A couple of prominent Democratic senators have come out and want to cut off military aid to Saudi Arabia. And there are some Republicans that feel that way, too, since the Saudis turned on us, cutting back production of oil and everything like that. So um, there, there's a bit of a movement for maybe cutting loose our ally and wedge against Iran in uh, the Middle East. So, Wow. The spicy times, stay spicy. Get spicier. Get spicier every single day. Too spicy. Canay, man. Yeah. So uh, all that stuff come yep. up in a minute or two. Awesome. On the way. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to fifteen hundred dollars again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and game sense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park that's 1-800-GAMBLER The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. 
and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Saturday Night Live with a surprising amount of uh, Biden kicking in their episode on Saturday night, including the cold open. The game is simple. I'll read real stories from the news, and if you keep your cool, you win big money. All right, Heather, you're up first in the hot spot. Heather, you are a music professor and white yoga teacher in Burlington, Vermont. Yep, I'm just kind of a chill person, so I promise you're not going to get me. (laughs) Hope you're right. I'm going to read you some headlines, and to tell if you've hit your breaking point, you have in front of you a Today Show-sized glass of wine. Oh, I'm not going to drink that. I've been sober for 15 years. (laughs) Love that confidence. Let's play. Well, on Thursday, Biden said we are closer to nuclear Armageddon than we've been in 60 years. Don't know where to put that in my brain, but I love Biden. Totally. Me too. Do you know how old he is? Did you know that when Joe Biden was born, we didn't have highways? That's a fun fact. Joe Biden was 53 years old when he got his first home computer. Why are you doing this? I'm not doing anything. Need a sip of that wine? No, I'm totally good. Your next item is a video clue. Please enjoy this clip of Biden talking about his mental acuity. How would you say your mental focus is? Oh, it's focused. <laughs> I, said it's, I think it's, I, I haven't, look. That's a snap. The game show is, will you snap? <laughs> yeah. How's your mental acuity? Well, I, I, I got to... <laughs> 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 
Come on. Uh, he Boy, was 53 the, uh, when he got his first home computer. <laughs> that's an amazing stat. Oh, I, okay. Yeah, that's the clip's too long. Um, And they made another joke about uh, Biden just age and scatteredness and, and senility that was very, very pointed. Uh, we'll get to that next hour. Among other things, next hour, the very strange move by PayPal over the weekend and what it means. Anthony Blinken saying some things in public that nobody picked up on that are incredibly chilling okay. uh, to free speech. All of that in hour four. Now, if you don't get hour four or you got to go to work or whatever, grab the podcast later. Armstrong and Getty on demand. Hour four. All right. So this story is a blockbuster from the L.A. Times, the liberal L.A. Times. Caught on a hot mic last fall, as I understand it, three Latino members of the L.A. City Council, top county labor official, held a conversation that was incredibly objectionable, racist, derisive, mocking a gay council member, um, and just incredibly just bad. Uh, appalling ignorance, racism, corruption, and political greed came to light when someone recorded a conversation among those four people. The L.A. Times covers a story that must be painful since everybody involved is a Democrat. Uh, da, 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 da. Council President Nuri Martinez saying a white councilman handled his young black son as though he were an accessory, according to a recording of the meeting reviewed by the Times. Uh, Martinez, while discussing Councilman Mike Bonin's child, said used Spanish slang to be, he's like a monkey. A young black child is like a monkey, according wow. to the president of the L.A. City Council. Play that uh, new clip, Mike, number 80. You know, folks, like, with that's going, he did call me. He wants to have breakfast with me. Uh, what is that him for? I haven't. I just said, hey, we need to talk. He gill supported him from the. I don't worry, I got you. Um, How long is uh, this? Have to admit, I can't understand what they're saying. Yeah, and they're not getting to the point. Turn it off, Michael. Turn it off. Turn it off. (laughs) And so uh, they go deeper into it. There, he's talking about about Bonin. She is Bonin, and his husband have adopted a black child. They're raising him like a little white kid. I was like, this kid needs a beat down. Let me take him around the corner, then I'll bring him back. Wow. So you got that. Uh, a few minutes later, Martinez discussed Bone and Son. Topic of conversation moved to L.A. County District Attorney George Gascon, facing growing political oppositions. F that guy, Martinez said, followed by something inaudible. He's with the blacks. The Democrats' coalition seems to be fraying. During the conversation with council members Gil Cedillo and Kevin DeLeon and L.A. County Federation of Labor President Ron Herrera, Martinez described Bonin at one point as a, quote, little bitch. DeLeon compared, oh, that's that's the child. Uh, he referred to Bonin as the council's fourth black member. Uh, blah, 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 blah. On Sunday, Bonin and his husband called on Martinez, DeLeon, and Herrera to, desi- to resign. The entirety of the recorded conversation displayed a repeated and vulgar anti-black sentiment and a coordinated effort to weaken black political representation in Los Angeles, they said in a statement. Uh, another member of the city council apparently was taking bribes. At another point in the conversation, the group discussed Councilman Mark Ridley Thomas' indictment and whether he would step down or fight to hold on to his seat. Then they went into this long conversation about dividing up districts and horse trading um, da, 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 and saying that 
the city controller could decide whether this guy still gets paid if he's suspended. You need to go talk to that white guy. It's not us. It's the white members on this council that will mother F you in a heartbeat. Wow. Um, then they went into a topic about horse trading and dividing up Latino districts and screwing Koreatown. And then weirdly, Martinez uh, said uh, she was talking about District 10. Uh, let's see, where is it? Uh, da, 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 da. Then they questioned whether Shadow Place, a small street in Lafayette Parker in Koreatown. I see a lot of little short, dark people, Martinez said, of that section of Koreatown, employing stereotypes long used against Oaxacans in Mexico and the United States, the more like indigenous people. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, I was like, I don't know where these people came from. I don't know what village they came from, how they got there. Tanfeos, they're ugly. Uh, it's interesting to me that not only do they talk that way, but they talk this way so comfortably. I mean, they've got a, you know, they're in a room full of people. They got to know that this, some of this stuff could get out. They just, they don't care. That's how comfortable they are. Well, they're all in the same cabal. Right. And it also shows you what a myth or a made up idea this whole POC thing is people of color. That oh, people yeah. of color are a group that, you know, vote or think the same way. Yeah, not exactly. Yeah, well, it's funny. Um, uh, Jeff, an uh, avid listener who sends along a lot of great information, he had a comment uh, attached to an email about this that I was about to read. Read your mind. Communities of color, as Democrats speak, and in fact, the recorded conversation was largely about how Los Angeles Latinos can gain at the expense of blacks, and it included racist epithets directed at a two-year-old black boy and indigenous Mexican people. I mean, it was, it was filthy, full of hate and just... It just utterly, you know, portrays what a lie that whole thing is. It's crap. Can't help but notice that this hasn't exploded into a controversy. Uh, it's not being widely covered. Not yet. Armstrong and Getty Show. If you miss an hour, get the podcast Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Enjoy your Columbus Day. Really. Armstrong. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.